0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for this congregation today that your spirit would move upon them. I pray that God, your spirit would come and heal them, forgive them. Lord, deliver them. Set them free. Bless them and prosper them today. Lord, they have made their way to your house. I pray they leave different. strengthened, changed, and challenged, God. We feel your presence, God. Some in this room, they need a healing in their body. Others need a healing in their mind. Some! need healing in their wounded spirit but today we know that you're God and you are here and there's nothing impossible for you Lord we want you to have your way among us in Jesus name oh clap your hands and praise the Lord everyone amen praise God praise God praise God the book of Ezekiel Ezekiel chapter 40. So good to have everyone with us in the building. What a tremendous crowd! I'm glad to report to you we've had amazing church to last last night and this morning already. Move of God, powerful touch of the Spirit of the Lord that has been here. Amen. Brother Mike, today I tell you, it's so good to see you today. We're believing for God to strengthen you and help you in Jesus' name. We love you. I know you've been not feeling well, but we pray for you in the name of Jesus. God give him strength. I pray. Lord, I pray strength, Lord, for his physical body. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. For the mic remains strong in spirit. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Yes. There's a part of you that cannot weaken and will not weaken. Amen. And we're believing for the strength in your body. Amen. We pray for the Glover family, where the Glover's father is, is battling cancer and it appears that they've sent him home from hospice we're going to believe that God's going to help him right now would you pray right now brother Glover's father in the name of Jesus we pray for brother Glover you would touch his body strengthen him today we pray for strength for this family oh God we know that you're a God that can heal all diseases and do all things well I just pray in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus oh would you clap your hands in the name of Jesus and praise him Come on, everyone in the room. Would you clap your hands in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter 40, reading with verse 3. It's good to have uh, our family with us. Justin, we're so glad you're here. Amen. Would you welcome Justin? We're so glad Justin Witt is here with us today and his wonderful children. Amen. I forget your name on the front row. I'm, I'm sorry. Just let my mind. What is it? Alexia. Alexia, you came to my mind. I was telling you, that I haven't seen you since the earlier part of this year. But the Lord in prayer brought you to my mind. And I said to the Lord, I said, I can't remember her name, but I certainly see her face. I'm asking you to touch her this week. And here you are at church today. I haven't seen you maybe since January or February. Aren't we glad that she's here? The Lord hears our prayer. That's no accident. God knows where you're at. Man, I'm not trying to embarrass her, but the Lord's going to strengthen you if you allow Him. He knows every single thing that we go through he cares about us he knows my name he knows your name amen i i I feel such a move of god i just think it'd be good just for a moment to just talk to the lord everyone all over the building just begin to say jesus we love you we thank you god hallelujah thank you lord thank you jesus for what we feel What would you have us to do today hallelujah 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 the lord has not brought any of us here today by accident but the lord has brought you here to change the direction the trajectory of your life if you would listen to the voice of god today he's going to restore he's going to heal and he's going to set free but he that have an ear let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church Brother Nehemiah, I want you to come and pray over us. Just remain standing all over the building. I I want you to remain standing. The Lord is ministering. I I feel it in such a mighty way, I can't even move forward. Brother Pastor
1: Gators, would you lead us in prayer? God, in the name of the Lord Jesus, by those who are watching, by Web, and those in this building, before Pastor called me up here, the Lord said he's going to call you over here to pray. God, is my witness. And right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I release miracles in Jesus' name. If your spirit is open to it, your heart is open to it, by watching way of the web, and in this house of the Holy God, I release miracles right now in Jesus' name. God is real. He is very present to heal. And right now, I take authority over anything that would hinder the Word of Almighty God. May the word of the Lord have free courts in Jesus' name. I bind every doubt, every insecurity, every spirit of inadequacy right now in Jesus' name. And I loose right now the gift of faith in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want you to begin to worship God right now in your home and right now in this house in Jesus' name. Come on, I want you to receive it. God is gonna do miracles today. Signs and wonders will follow your faith today in Jesus' name. Come on, I want you to clap your hands unto the Lord and give him worship and praise right now in Jesus' name. Come on, he sent you to first. Come on, I want you to praise like it's already done. Worship like it's already done. Give God glory like it's already done!
0: the book of Ezekiel chapter 40 starts verse 3 and he brought me thither and behold there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of brass with a line of flax in his hand a line of flax in his hand he stood there was an angel of the Lord he had taken him to the top of a mountain to the temple some call it Ezekiel's temple Some call it the messianic temple. This place that God took him and said, this is how I want my church or the house of God to be measured. And with a line of flax in his hand, the other hand, he would have had a measuring reed which would have been about 11 feet tall. And he stood in the gate. And the man said unto me, Son of man, behold with thine eyes and hear with thine ears. Set thine heart upon all that I shall sow thee for in for to the intent that i might show them unto thee art thou brought hither declare all that thou seest to the house of israel he said behold the wall on the outside verse six then came he unto the gate and measured the threshold of the gate verse eight he measured also the porch of the gate verse nine then measured he the porch of the gate eight cubits going down you'll find that the measurement started you'll find that God sent to the preacher, an angel, that said, I wanna measure my house. And I want you to see how I want my house to be. I do believe that there are some things that God measures. You can call it religion, you can call it acts of faith. But I believe that God measures what we do in the house of God the way he wants it to be. This is not my house. This isn't even your house. How many believe it's the house of the Lord? How many want God to be pleased with what he sees here today? So I'll come to you as Ezekiel went back to the children of Israel and said, I want to show you what the Lord showed me of what he measures. I'd like to preach today on simply the things that God measures. Open your heart with your hands and I want you to say to the Lord, Today, oh God, I ask you to speak to my spirit and change my life. In Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated. I do believe that when we see the house of the Lord, I do believe that this temple that was there and what is the purpose of the house of God or the temple of God? Does anyone know in the building? Of course, it's a rhetorical question, but what is it? What is its purpose? Jesus said that my house shall be called a house of prayer. It is a place where we come to reach God. The house of God is a place where we come to please him. Can I say to you, we come to the house of God to worship him. This is his house. Nothing else should go on in this house except what is ordained by the Lord. Can you say amen? He told the children, he told the prophet Ezekiel, he said, I'm going to take you to the mountain and it's going to be up on a tall mountain. And I want to measure some things and I want you to see how I wanted my house to be built. I want you to see my expectations of the house of God. Last week, my entire message at the 1030 service was we measured the entrance of the church. We measured the door of the temple. Everybody say the door. When you would look at it, you would find that when he measured the door that entered into the temple, the gate or the door was 20 feet high. The door was 20 feet. This ceiling is to, the, to about that black line is about 15 feet Uh, 15 feet and eight inches, I believe, to the black line you'll see around the corner. The door that entered the temple was 20 feet high, just the door itself. In an entrance building that stood 100 feet tall, the entrance of the temple was 100 feet tall. The depth that you'd have walked when you went through the door that was 20 feet tall in the building that was 100 feet tall, just the entrance foyer, when you went in, it would have been 80 feet long. Why was it so big? I'm going to tell you why. Because how you enter the house of God is a big deal to God. He measures our entrance. And my message to you last week was the door. Another word for door is Access. And I believe God looks out of heaven and he doesn't just see how we enter, which we ought to enter his gates with. Come on, help me preach right now. Thanksgiving and into his courts with? When we enter, we ought to enter with a thankful heart, amen, and a giving heart because God has been truly good to us. How many believe he's worthy of all of our praise? We ought to come in thanking him. I, matter of fact, I believe that we have the house of God or the temple we worship in. But he told us in Psalms 150, he said, praise him in the sanctuary and praise him in the firmament of his power. I think it doesn't matter only how we enter his house that matters, but I believe it matters, God, how we enter our day. You see, my dad taught me. He said, son, attitude is a choice. And when you wake up in the morning, you've got a choice to make on how your day is going to go. You can enter it with a negative attitude or you can enter your day with a thankful attitude. You know what? We have to choose how we're going to enter our day. You're going to enter your day with a Monday attitude or you're going to enter your day saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. Watch. Watch. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't matter what anybody else is gonna do. I have decided I will praise God at the entrance of this day because he declares my end from the beginning. He knows all things and he does all things well. Somebody shout, it matters how you enter the sanctuary. How many of you, I have people tell me every now and then, well, I don't need a church. The woods is my church, the fields, the church, all that, you know. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you, they're they're a little bit right, but in the sense of God is bigger than a building. How many believe that? But he didn't just tell me to praise him in the firmament, which means the space outside. He told me to enter his gates. He told me, hey man, praise him in his sanctuary, and this is a church building. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. There's something about coming with the people of God and worshiping him and singing together in concert. Come on. The worship that we worship, there's nothing like praising God. He said where two or three are gathered together, my name, there I am. How many believe the Lord is in this building right now? You know why? Because we're here. We are here, so he is here. Somebody shout Glory. And so we, we enter the sanctuaries, the gates. We enter the outer court with praise. But we also enter the inner court, the tabernacle, the temple with praise. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to get your attitude right. Your attitude will determine your day. And your attitude will determine the outcome of your service. That's why he said, you come in thankful and you'll leave blessed. You want your day to go well? Start out by saying, this is the day. God is going to make a way. He's going to bless my feet. Amen. He's going to order my steps. Oh, is there anybody in the building that believes what I'm teaching you? The Lord is going to order my steps. He's going to make a way. So we enter his gates with thanksgiving. It is a big deal. It is a big deal how we enter our day and we enter his sanctuaries. Look at your neighbor and say it's a big deal. Amen. That's why the measurement was so long. I want you to know today that every measure that God put up on them could be measured. When you're talking about the line of flax, it would have been a knot nearly every 18 inches. Approximate. It was the measure that a man could measure. From the tip of the elbow to the tip of the finger. The middle finger, that was considered a cubic. It's approximately 18 inches or a foot and a half. It was a measure of how they would measure things. And today, could I tell you that every single thing that was measured by the angel could be measured by a man. Everybody say it's reasonable. So what God expects of you and what God expects of me is reasonable and it is measurable. What I'm saying is God will not ask you to do something that is impossible for you to do. His expectations can be applied to every single person in the room. His standard is never too high that you cannot individually live. The Bible says to present your body a living sacrifice for his reasonable service look at your neighbor and say God is not unreasonable to think that some of you can be holy shows you know I'm telling the truth who would ever thought that you could stand in a holy atmosphere and lift up holy hands with a holy heart and a holy mind and do good but you can because he made it reasonable. I'm just going to tell you, I didn't get in this because I was good enough. I got in this because he made a way for me to be good enough. I can live holy. I can live... Come on, you know what makes us all common? You know what makes us all here normal? Is that we were all sinners and we come short of the perfection of the glory of God. But when he invited me in, he didn't invite me in because I was good enough. He invited me in because he's good enough and he made a way. He gave me the ability to do what I do. You can come out of sin. I appreciate the AA and the NA. I appreciate Alcoholic Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. I appreciate those steps that they have and our 12-step programs in our communities. We have one called Alcohol Chemical Treatment Series. I appreciate these types of things. But one study would show that the AA has 3% that come out that never touch alcohol again. 3%. I'm thankful for that. But I want you to know today that you do not just have to Fall, go through a program and come out. The ninety-seven percent failed. Let me tell you something. There's a hundred percent guarantee in Jesus. There really is one hundred percent of people that come to Him can be and will be delivered if they want to be delivered. Somebody shout, "Amen!" Praise God! Praise God! My brother, my brother, this past weekend, yesterday, as a matter of fact, he was asked to speak to the. Um, heroin uh, awareness walk in Parkersburg where he pastors. He, uh, he was asked to speak and uh, when, he, when he was up there he said, I stood before the crowd and he said, when I did he said, the spirit of the Lord came upon me. He said, I started speaking to that large crowd. He said, I felt like I was preaching a crusade in Africa. He said when it was said and done, there were people lined up, amen, being baptized. Nine of them were baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. His friend. His friend is named Justin Stokey. I want to have him to come. When my brother met him, let me let me just divulge me. Just just put up with me for a moment. My, uh, my brother was working on a building there in Parkersburg. And, and a man came by. He had a big, burly beard. He was just walking down the street. And, and where my brother's church is located, and it's strategically located, really, in that community where people come by. A lot, a lot of different types of people come there. And, and my brother was standing outside the building, maybe taking a break. And this man walked up to him, and he was there. And, and he started talking to my brother, and brother was talking to him. And he said, What are you doing? He said, Well, I'm working on the building. he said, I'd like to see it. and David had never met him before and he came in and when he came in to that building to see the building that he was working on, he fell to his knees and he repented. Amen. He was a heroin addict and he repented of his sins, was baptized in Jesus' name and God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This man, this man had been a heroin addict for many, many years and uh, uh, had a, Great connection of a lot of people in the community. He was in the N.A., and, and um, he, he came. He called his grandmother, and he said, "Grandmother, I know uh, he got a hold of his grandmother. He had never really been around her. His dad died at a very, very young age and really pushed him into this and uh, uh, addiction that he was in. But he called his grandmother, and he said, "Grandmother, I just want you to know I gave my life to the Lord, and he saved me. She, and he said, I was baptized. She said, she lives in Tennessee. She said, how were you baptized? You know when people say that, you know they're apostolic. How were you baptized? And he said, I was baptized in Jesus' name. She started speaking in tongues right there on the phone. She said, Justin, I prayed for you every day of your life. A man didn't just just randomly stop by a strategic location. No, God had a plan for Justin. Justin started going to the N.A. meetings. And when he would do the sessions with them at the end, he'd say, now let me tell you how to get delivered. Let me tell you what God has done for me. And one after another, 90-some people later had come to the church and repented, been baptized in Jesus' name, delivered and filled with the Spirit because there's power in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? He started... Brother the dean, he was telling everybody about it. This guy, this guy cleaned up his life, started playing the guitar and testifying and singing. He's anointed of the Lord. He's powerfully used of God. One of his friends, he'd tell everybody, "You need to come. Something happens. You need to come. I know how you can get delivered." One man overdosed up the road from the, from the church. A man overdosed, and and they came and they narcaned him. They put that needle in, and and. Uh, Brought him back to life, and they'd ask him in West Virginia. I don't know the law here, but ask him in West Virginia. Do you want to go to the hospital? Do you want us to let let you go? When he woke up, he had died in an overdose. When he come out of that death through the Narcan, he could see the church from his house. He said, "I don't need to go to the hospital. I'm going to that church, and I'm going to be delivered." And that's exactly what Philip did. Philip is about 6'7, maybe 6'9. He made his way to the house of God and God delivered him of years of heroin addiction. You know why? Because greater things are yet to come. There's nothing like the power of God. He became an usher in that church, an usher in that church. Now hundreds of people in just a two-year period because people found a hope. People found a way to think that one man walking by got delivered and in the last two and a half years they baptized over 400 people in Parkersburg. You know why? Because there is a God that cares about heroin addicts. There is a God that cares about alcoholics. There is a God that cares. Come on, God cares about you. You listen to this preacher. Hallelujah. There's some things we can measure. We can measure our building. We can measure our entrance. Can I tell you this? You can even measure how long you pray. You can measure the dietary, the dietary nutrition that you that you step away from for a period of time, and we call it fasting. You can measure all the way down, all the way down into the grams of how much you fasted. You can measure, you can measure a lot of things. But I'm just gonna go ahead and cut to the chase. There's some things you cannot measure when it comes to God. You cannot measure the mercy of God. You cannot measure the grace of God. You cannot measure the power of God. You cannot measure the love of God. When I'd go to the jails and ju- juvenile jails, and I spent a lot of time ministering in a lot of jails, I was a chaplain of a local juvenile jail for three and a half years. It was one of the most powerful experiences of my life. I I wouldn't trade it for anything at the time. I saw saw some of the most amazing people grew up in some of the most crazy situations and no wonder they were doing what they were doing. No wonder they were living. But when I would walk in there, every single time there was a touch of God, the Lord always met me there. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, don't you dare measure who God can save and who he can't save. Don't you dare... Come on, don't you have any conversations with anybody? Well, yeah, well, you know, I just don't know if God can forgive that, you know. I just don't know if God could ever deliver that. Yeah, you know, I don't know if God really would. Ever. Don't you dare tell God what he can do. Don't you dare declare the measurement of God. I'm telling you, God can forgive whoever he wants to forgive. He can give mercy to whoever he wants to give mercy. <laughs> hallelujah, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, We would judge men, we would judge women based upon where they've been and where they come from. I just want to go ahead and say that from the outset of this sermon that there is not a touch of that in this church. There is no one in this building as far as I know of that would ever judge somebody and say, well, I don't know if God can save them or not. I really don't feel that here. So let me just preach to the choir and let me compliment the anchor congregation. We believe in second chances. We believe in third chances. We believe in fourth chances and fifth chances. We believe that God's mercy is renewed every single moment. Let me put it this way. When you took that drink of alcohol, you can measure the 40 ounce bottle, but you could not measure its outcome. You can measure how many ounces of weed you were smoking. But you could not measure the outcome of that gateway drug of where it would lead. Oh yeah, you, you can measure an OC40 and an OC80 on the street. oxycotton, Down to the gram. But you could not measure how much it was going to take from you over the next 10 years. Because there's some things you can measure. Oh, you can, you can measure the time spent on websites you should have never even blinked at. But you couldn't measure... The crave and craze it would bring as a monster in your life that you can no longer get away from. Changing your view of love and people. Because there's some things you can measure. You can measure what you do, but you can't measure the outcome of what you're going to become. It was just a flowering word that made me feel a certain way. That led to a compromise caused you to go down some road that you never thought it would take you. I heard somebody say it this way that when the devil, you give the devil one inch, he becomes the ruler. You can measure what you give up, but you can't measure the outcome of the enemy. Decisions always can be measured but you cannot measure the outcome of the decision. I've had people to tell me come back wounded. I don't know. It took me further than I ever wanted to go. It kept me longer than I wanted to stay. I never thought I would end up here. Never imagine my life being in the condition that it is. How, preacher, did I fall this far? I'm gonna tell you, because it was a small measure. So reasonable. It was just a party. It was just a drink. Gene Teha told me. Just one drink. 17-year-old at a party. When somebody handed me that back. back That bottle of alcohol, I never dreamt it'd be 30 years of crack cocaine addiction and theft and chaos and confusion and loss until I didn't want to live. But one day, a man walked up to him called Randy, his brother, and said, what do you got to lose? Why don't you come to the house of God? The Lord has something for you. All your roads have ended to dead-end roads, but... There's a God that never stops loving. So come on. will not you show up and go to church with me Sunday? And he showed up on a Sunday morning. February the 8th, 2004. Bent his knee somewhere here in the altar and said, Lord, I don't have anything to give you except a broken life, a broken pieces, a broken family. As if the Lord said, that's all I need. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again because he shattered. But I'm going to tell you, we serve a masterful king that specializes in broken pieces. It's not so far gone. Hallelujah. Come on up here, Brother Negators. Who had ever thought you'd be standing here holy? ever thought that you'd be up there singing, and when you sing, the glory shows up. Anytime the man gets the microphone and starts witnessing, amen, the glory shows up. Tell us where the Lord brought you from.
1: He brought me from addiction, crack cocaine. I was in prison when I was 18 years old. I sold drugs on the corner when I was a teenager. I was homeless. I was uh, shunned from my family because of the decisions that I made, and I just was living a life of sin. It was crazy. But if God can change me, he can change anybody. And the place, is a, and the place where <clears throat> I pastor now is a place where I was homeless. I was addicted. I sold drugs. I robbed. I stole. God had me go full circle. And now I can stand with authority and preach the gospel and tell them that are in darkness, God brought me out. He can bring you out.
0: Hallelujah. Can I go ahead and preach to this congregation? You can measure your praise, but you can't measure the outcome of your praise. You can measure your repentance, but you can't measure the outcome of your altar. I said you can measure bending your knee and how many hours you spent, but you cannot measure what comes out of that prayer meeting. You can't measure what comes out of that repentance. You cannot measure... You can measure your tithe down to the penny, but you cannot measure the windows opening in your life and blessing you with a blessing you can't contain because God has things only he can measure. (laughs) Sister Judy, I'll never forget it as long as I live when Pastor Tony... Oh, let me just take it a step further. You was away from the Lord for stand up Sister Judy. I'm glad you're here today. Because there's prayers that you've prayed that have not come to pass yet, but they're going to come to pass because you prayed them. Don't you give up. Don't stop. God has heard every word. He's washed every sin away. He will not hold any of it to your charge. When he forgave you, he dismissed every case that was against you in the sin world. You are blessed and favor the Lord. Walk in it. Be he healed in it. I come to preach to this church. Don't you be distracted by the devil that told you because you were in sin. There's things you're have to put up with. No, he made all things new. You can't measure the grace and the mercy of God. I'm sure you never imagined it. You were just glad to be saved when you came back after 17 years of being away from the Lord and the things that happened during that time. But when you came back and bent your knee and say, Lord, I'll, I'm gonna live for you, I come back. I'm so glad we had a pastor, Pastor Ferris that believed in restoration, believed in second chances. Let me tell you, you wanna you wanna open up the chest of this church, the heartbeat of this church. Let me tell you what it is: it's a restoration. See, the devil had you long enough. But it didn't happen to you so long that you became damaged goods that you're no longer valuable to God. You're as valuable to God as you were the day you walked away from him. You're as valuable to God today just as much value as you were. Come on, I'm preaching to you. That's what we got to learn to not measure. We can't measure the forgiveness. There's some things only God can measure. I don't know what your thoughts were, Sister Judy. and sorry for pointing you out here today. But I imagine when you bent your knee, you didn't imagine at that moment. I'm sure you worried. Will my children ever be saved? But it wasn't long. Too long. A son and daughter away from the Lord, didn't know the Lord. Tony and Christy. Brother Godwin gets up and starts preaching. We get up and say, we're going to take a church, start a church back in Crooksville, where it used to be. Miracle moment that day. Brother Tony wakes up, raises up out of his bed, 22 years away from God, 22 years away from God. He wakes up just like that, and he says, I'm going to go to the altar today. Hadn't prayed, hadn't sought God, hadn't been in the church 22 years. He wakes up. Brother Godwin's preaching on the blood. I miss, boom, shakalaka, amen. He gets up and he's preaching. Brother Godwin, he starts whispering about the blood and the name of Jesus. And it can wash away all your sins. You better get ready because something's about to blow up in the room, amen. When Brother Godwin starts whispering, preaching. And I looked, and he started, and here came Brother Tony down the aisle. Went up to the altar <laughs> His hands were in the air. He was shaking, trembling in the peace and the blessing of God. You say, why do people shake up there? I'm going to tell you why, because it's power. They're plugged in. They're connected to a mighty God. They start trembling and weeping and crying. Come on, we can't lose that in the church. We can't have a church where it's just silent. Come on, nobody's ever moved. Nobody's ever touched. He stood right here, about right here, was praying. Next thing you know, he started speaking in tongues that God gave him the ability to speak I went to him, I said, Brother Tony, how do you feel? He said, Twenty-two years and not one day of peace. Wow. Wow. And in five minutes on the altar, I feel peace. Yeah. He told me the statement, he said, I say he did told me the statement. He preached it to the church because when he came to the Lord, angel came to the Lord, and here came his children to the Lord, and here came his mother-in-law to the Lord and father-in-law to the Lord. And what long Sister Christie and her amazing family were in the church, and, and uh, he got at me and preached a message on decisions I never knew I made. He said, "I didn't realize when I gave my life to God, the far-reaching of the blessing of the Lord into my family." He said, "I never knew. All I knew was I could measure repentance in this spot, but what I could not do was measure the blessing out of that spot." <laughs> i I tell this congregation, because we start out measuring reasonable measures in chapter 40. But when you get to chapter 47, he takes him back to the original place where he first measured at the gate. And he said, I want you to stand here in chapter 47 and verse 1. He said, I'm going to take you down to the altar. Oh, let me just preach it. I feel like preaching. I also feel like calming down and teaching for a minute. Y'all have a minute or two? Ezekiel 47, he measures measures the temple, the walls, the thickness of the walls, the entrance, the doors, the gates. He measures the dining room. Man, this is a blessed place when you got a dining room in the temple. Can I get an amen from somebody? But he measures the the distance between the church and the profane. But when he goes back to the original place at the gate, he said in chapter 47 and 1, Afterward, he brought me again under the door of the house. Everybody say Again. He brought me back to the door and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward for the forefront of the house stood toward the east and the waters came down from under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. He said, I went back to the door and when I stood at the door, oh my, can I go to the door here today? Let me get over to this door. No, I'm gonna go to this door. Can y'all walk with me if you will? I mean, don't walk with me, just won't be much social distancing here. But to get back to the door, everybody look at the door. He said, I got to the door of the temple and when I did, I was standing at the door and he said, all of a sudden, water started coming out from my feet at the threshold of the door. Water started flowing out of the door. He said, the angel measured 1,000 cubits when I got to thousand cubits, he said it was ankle-deep water. He said, and I went a thousand more cubits coming out of the door, and he said he said there was knee-deep water. When I got to 3,000 cubits, a measure again, he said there was hip deep water. He said he took me to the 4,000th cubit of measure. When I got there, he said it was no longer measurable. There was no longer ankle deep, knee deep, hip deep. He said, when I got to 4,000. It appears to me there's a place in God that when you get to it, he said I couldn't see beyond the other side of the river. He said it was waters to swim in. I couldn't see the end of the blessing. I couldn't see the end of the outcome. What I'm preaching to you right now, he said I stood there and I wondered where is the water coming from? Where is its beginning? He said I looked back and it was coming out of the east side of the altar I look back in that place where I repented that place where I gave my life that place where I bent my knee that's where it all began but everywhere it goes the further it goes in my life the bigger it is the deeper it is until I can't measure how far it's going to go I come to tell you you can measure coming to the altar but you cannot measure the blessing coming out of your altar Jump to your feet and clap your hands and say the things that God measures. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is no sin that it cannot forgive. You say, what about blasphemy? That's a whole different subject. We're not talking about blasphemy. We're talking about sins. Preacher, I went too far. The Holy Ghost said no. Brother Nehemiah, let's me and you make a pact today. We will never measure who God can forgive. Come on, Pastor Cody. Let's make an agreement right now. We'll never measure the mercy of God. I've had God to lead me to people that I wondered why. But I went there, the Holy Ghost led me there. People living in sinful lives, but God led me to them. You know what? Because I'm a man with a finite mind. But God is a God with infinite wisdom. Un unconditional love I just don't see how you can put it all back together don't measure the goodness of God well he he can heal stage one cancer but I don't know about stage four quit measuring there are going to be so many miracles in this building we're going to lose count Brother Mike, he can make all things new. All things new. You see, the Lord can only do some miracles. Because in Galilee, they, did, they just believe he was, he was. Let's all stand. Would you, in, in respect to the word of God, and I know you're used to me making you stand a long time, but I'll, be, I'll get better. It's been 16 years. I'm getting better. Amen. He could only do some miracles in Galilee. Because to some, he was just Joseph's son. He could go to some communities and everybody got healed because he was the son of God. Because your faith does determine your miracle. And if I could expand you now to say I'm not too dirty for God to forgive and heal I haven't went too far for God to save. I wandered away. But the Lord is reaching for me. I'm telling you, He's reaching for you. Look at your neighbor and say, God's reaching for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Tony, the Lord brought you here today. But the enemy sent a devil into your world to try to destroy your life. But I want you to lift your hands to the Lord right now, Brother Tony. Bowen, one, you're my friend. I want you to tell the Lord I'm going to live for you go ahead come on that's it the Holy Ghost is moving on I'm not going to be lost for anybody and in your faith it's going to cause that enemy to leave go ahead I want you to pray right now in the name of Jesus Eric become what God wants you to be buddy I want you to lift your hands to the Lord Eric there was a desire in your heart as a young man I want you to tell the Lord I want it back The song says, without him I would be nothing, oh without him I would but fail, oh without him I would be drifting like a ship without us i come to tell you there's a room at the cross for you <laughs> every head bow there's a room at the cross for you for millions have come there's still room for one. Oh, there's room at the cross. Come on, don't let the devil tell you you're happy. You know you're not happy. There's room. There's room at the cross for you. He's going to do it right now if you let him. Oh, there's a room. Room at the cross for you. Four millions have come. There's still room for one. Oh, there's room. Come on, if your family's in your circle, your, your, your friend that's with you, I want you to lay hands on the shoulder and pray for them. And come on, I, I know we're social distancing, but they're already connected to you. Go ahead and pray for them. There's a touch of God in this room. Oh, for you. Don't measure. God said he's going to do it. He's going to make all things new. Come on, the Lord's healing right now. The Lord's moving right now. Come on, the Lord's leading.
1: Oh,